Welcome to Mountain Mama's Misadventures, stories of mishap and adventure from women adventurers. Every woman has a story she can share, from the zany to the inspirational. Brought to you by Mountain Mamas, a nonprofit women's adventure organization. Women empowering women to adventure. My name is Emily Hacken. And I'm Deborah Moore, and we are your hosts. And we'd love to welcome Ivy back again this week for episode 19. Um, she was had such a fun story last week, and we didn't get a chance to share it. Um, so um, we're excited to hear her um, further exploits and adventures. But for those of you who may not have heard last week's, um, she lives up in Heber currently. She's got three beautiful kids and an awesome husband. Um, and I just wanted to share a little bit about what he, it's like growing up in Heber. Because I think that's super cool. And because it's, like you said, it's changed a lot in the last... So this is in Heber, yes. Utah. Yeah. It's actually... Right now, the number one growing city in the nation. What? So it's crazy. When I was little and growing up, there was one stoplight in town, one little grocery store. There was like a blockbuster, the bowling alley, and that was like it. Other than just your little mom and pop cafe restaurants like the Hub and Chicks Cafe and Granny's. If you've been to Hebrew, you know about Granny's likely. Um, Best shakes ever. Yes. And the cutest Main Street ever. I remember when (laughs) when we went to visit as little kids and you guys were like, let's go into Main Street and let's go into town. And growing up in West Valley, we were like, this is your Main Street. This is adorable. (laughs) (laughs) The only shootings out here are from the... What's on purpose? What's that shooting Yeah. You actually, from my house, which is in the middle of town... You can hear people shooting at the gun range, which is on the south side of Heber Valley on the mountain range there. Um, so if you're from West Valley, you may hear gunshots, but be not alarmed. You're okay. <laughs> oh, that's just so cool. Yeah. Well, you were going to share some really neat stories about um, a 1988 hatchback, Corollas, and other car. And you just had a lot of car adventures. Yeah. Yes. Let's, let's just start it with that. Yep, growing up, um, my mom married my stepdad. His name's Steve, and he's very handy, and he's a super great guy. He had all these little cars because he loved collecting older cars, and he had a lot of kids. You know, with his previous wife, he had eight children. Um, Mm -hmm. So he had all these other cars. You know, they'd moved on and got other cars. So he had these ones that were, like, not working, and he would fix them up. And just in time for all of us to get our <laughs> our licenses. So we had these cars that his kids were like, no, these are junk, you know, and he okay. would go fix them up. And he happened to have two of these 19, I believe it was 88 hatchback Toyota Corolla vehicles. One was a lighter brown and one was a dark brown. <laughs> and the 80s cars were known as looking super slick. No, they were, they were boxy. <laughs> 80s cars were so boxy. Oh they so gosh. were. Yeah. You could fit, although if you laid the seats in the back forward, you could fit a small mattress back there, so it was perfect for camping. (laughs) Yes, my sister Eileen had one um, that was, I think hers was the darker one, and mine was the lighter one. They were both stick shift, and the heaters didn't work. Mine had a doorbell for a horn, and when you'd push it, it would go, like that kind of a doorbell. (laughs) How do you, like, how did, did he just, like, Jimmy rig it to be, like? Yes, yeah, that was, like, his whole thing. Was Jimmy rigging it. And the best part of these cars was they had these huge rubber bumpers. They were like half a foot thick on the front and the back. Um, went all the way across. So when she would break down, I would gently give her a push home. And if I would break down, she would gently give me a push home. And then we'd try to figure out what parts we needed and if we could share parts from our cars. <laughs> so they would both I work. I those. 
That's hilarious. That, I had a Mazda yeah. RX-7 from the 80s, too, and it had a rubber bumper. My dad had said, like, this was back, you know, when they made... Real well, cars. No, well, he was just like, <laughs> back, they were said that you actually had to have a real bumper that could, like, like actually push, you know, just take a hit and yeah. not crack. And so all these, yeah, all these companies... Um, made them, and then the yeah the U.S. was like never mind. So now they're all plastic. But they were like a useful bumper, like you're saying. The one on my yeah. Mazda was totally useful. I, yeah, and I'm just I have to pull back a little bit. I'm just fascinated by this horn. Like when you pushed it, did people even notice? Are you like, talking about the horn? The, the horn where it's like a doorbell? like a doorbell. Oh, did people even? It notice? wasn't just the car that was loud. I was a I was like, look at me. I, like, I was the kind of girl, if I was in a traffic jam, I wouldn't get all grouchy. I would pull out, like, my clown-sized sunglasses <laughs> and, like, put on the nerdiest music and just make a scene, and it would be fun, and I'd honk my little buzzing horn. And <laughs> You're like, this is happening! <laughs> it's a party! Back when I was in college, I-15 in Provo or Ameria was under construction, and it was like a parking lot for a couple of hours in the evening, coming back from Salt Lake each night. And so I inevitably, because of my class schedule, would get stuck in it. And sometimes on purpose because I'm like, eh, tonight I'm not going to take Geneva Road. I have this new fun thing I can play with in my car. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. So you would just like hang out during like rush hour traffic and just... Yep, yep. I'm like, I can... I can just, you know, this is kind of like my me time. I shared an apartment with like three other girls and they weren't people we knew. It was just like random you're 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 with this person they would set you up with your housing mm-hmm. so we yeah. shared this one apartment with four with a few different girls and all of us were so different i'm like i don't want to go home right now i'm just gonna like party in my car it was like <laughs> my de-stress which was super mm-hmm. fun and as time went on i got to be better friends and we'd all party in our cars but <laughs> oh yes we all know that yeah partying in your cars is super important <laughs> oh yes yep. so tell us about these clunkers like you were saying, like, you would go from, like, one broken car to another broken car, or, like, how would that work? Like Yeah, like, you'd break one and be like, Steve, do you have something else that's working right now? <laughs> um, but these were the main two cars that we had, and they were... I also had this really cool um, convertible little red car. I think it's really cool. My husband laughed at me. I'm like you can roll the top back and use it like a truck. <laughs> like a truck? How do you use it like I'd a truck? Like put lumber in it, all kinds of stuff. Like I'd pack it full of my camping gear and take off with the top down. Like <laughs> the window in the back was like this plastic covering and it oh, was yeah. all broken out. So like and at the time I worked at a ski resort. And so I'm like, at least the heater works really good. But there was always that draft in the back. So this is like my like total. Like snow like truck. would come in, like it was like open, you mean? Yeah, like, it was like open. <laughs> I'm impressed you're able to drive it up there. But probably because it was a lighter car. Because a lot of times those lighter vehicles, um, even though it looks like they shouldn't be able to make it through the snow, they can. Like, yeah. Like my husband, when he had a Mazda Miata, he was talking about that. That's a little tiny car. And I just mentioned, like, probably got stuck in the snow a lot. And he's like, no, it really didn't because it was so light. Yeah. And the wheelbase is nice on them, too, the way that it's fashioned. They do well in the snow. Like, Catherine's old, what was it called? This little, she had this little maroon car when she went to college. You remember that? That little, anyway, (laughs) she she did quite well with that in the snow. (laughs) But, yeah, driving to the ski resort, I was surprised. It was a stick shift, too. And it, it looked like one of those old Mustang 
convertibles. So, like, it's still cool. Yeah. <laughs> so I cool. love it. A convertible at the ski resort. That's awesome. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Made it to work every day in a blizzard or not. <laughs> but, yeah, we'd get in our, like, Eileen was so funny. She's really spontaneous. Like, me too. And she's like, let's go to Yellowstone. Like, Yellowstone? I, we're, Mom's never going to let us borrow her car. She's like, no, we're taking our car. I'm like, yours or mine? Well, which one's working better? <laughs> <laughs> Well, mom told us never to take them out of town because they're like valley cars. Um, <laughs> she called them valley cars? Yep. You stay in the valley. You don't take these over Parley's or down to the down to Happy Valley. They stay here. Because, but we, yeah, we weren't the best listening children. Um, we would take like a package of hot dogs and like a loaf of bread and some peanut butter. Like we're good for the weekend. We have $100. That's enough for gas and everything in emergencies. We'd head, like, up to Yellowstone, and these cars would not do over 15 miles per hour on Parley's, like... Oh, and Parley's is, like, a steep, yeah, mountain road, canyon road, yeah. yeah and that's long. Zipping by. They're zipping by, and at the time, it was only two lanes. Um, now there's a third lane, so that the semis can stay to the right while the other two lanes pass on your left. But we're, like, the semis are passing us. We're, like, in the emergency lane going all slow. And we're, like, <laughs> leaning forward and back trying to get momentum up the hill. Yes, I've been there. <laughs> it was good. Everyone's looking at us, like, you're nuts. What are you doing? Like, so, we're having adventures. So did you, did your cars make it to Yellowstone? Or how did that go? Yeah, actually, we were surprised. They totally made it and made it back. And we were, like, ha, mom, look what we did. And took pictures. Um. We were, when we first got to Yellowstone, this might have been the time we brought Mio with us, who was our foreign exchange student from Japan at the time. Um, we loaded her up for one of these adventures also. And the car, we, you know, how everyone stops in Yellowstone when there's any kind of wildlife, yeah. buffalo, all kinds of things. So, you know, we're stuck in this traffic like, oh no, we're going to overheat. We're going to overheat. This is going to be terrible. And whatever this wild thing is, is going to eat us. And so finally, like, luckily that didn't happen. We made it up to where the animal was. And it was a bison. And it decides that it likes us. And it, like, starts nudging on our car. scratching oh. itself. And we're like, oh, my gosh. I didn't know oh, my gosh. That. Please be careful. We're not making it back if you ruin this car. <laughs> Mind crazy. you, I'm old enough that at the time... We didn't have cell phones and things like that. And you already don't really get reception in Yellowstone anyways. So we kind of would have been stuck. Mm -hmm. But we made it. We like survived. it was like well, I was like it was literally like scratching its body against the side That's of your so car. Insane. Yeah, and we such were like massive, massive animals. <laughs> they were huge. Yeah, it was a big one. It, we could see like its goatee type <laughs> thing from our window and we're like, oh my gosh. And it's like breath on the window mm -hmm. and everything. <laughs> like we but, like, some of the most exhilarating adventures come from, like, random, spontaneous things like that. Like, are we going to make it or are we not? <laughs> it's kind of, I miss that. Like, when you don't, when you have a cell phone, you're like, I always have a cell phone backup. But you're like, back in the day, you didn't have a cell phone. You had this clunker of a car. Like, you just didn't yeah. know how the day was going to end. You're, you're like, like, yeah, like that. is this going to be how <laughs> yeah. I die? Bison, like, crushed by a bison? Did I miss my exit? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You're like, you actually had to navigate. You had maps. Yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. and you had, you, there weren't a whole lot of drive throughs in the middle of nowhere. Mm -hmm. They're everywhere now. <laughs> but you actually had to go into the creepy truck stops before. <laughs> That's right. Well, or you had your peanut butter. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we did have peanut butter. That was a good lifesaver. And our hot dogs, which 
On which, by the way, you can eat cold if you have to. Oh, yeah, for I sure. I don't really recommend it, but <laughs> yes. But these early driving things taught me a lot about how to take care of cars and what I needed to have in my car in case something crazy happened. And different smart things to do, like, okay, I would keep, like, a little log in my dashboard, like, okay, this is, like, in my dashboard. It wasn't the glove box. This thing was, like, so janky that you could pull things apart. <laughs> if they find this car, there'll be this little clue, and they can pull out this <laughs> log of what happened. Almost, like, lost in the wild, how he's, like, writing down this journal. Yes. There are these creepy guys at the truck stop. They've been following us for, like, 85 miles. <laughs> so this is the last you ever hear from me. Please notify my mother. And these things carried over into college. So when I had that convertible, uh, one of my roommates was like, let's go to Grand Junction for the weekend. I have family out there. So we went out there and we went up on the Mesa above Grand Junction and camped up there, which was really pretty and it was really fun. But on the way back, um, this convertible, we're in that windy canyon, which I think is Highway 6, right? Mm -hmm. Spanish yeah, yeah. Fort Canyon, yeah. Mm -hmm. So we're winding back and forth. And all of a sudden, the car starts acting weird, you know? Like, like jittering, or what do you mean? So it was making fine left turns, but every time I'd go to turn to the right, the dashboard and the steering wheel would shake like crazy. <laughs> like, <laughs> like crazy. But, and we pulled over a couple times to try to figure out what it was. I'm like, this is something I haven't encountered before. <laughs> I don't know what to do here. Like, look under the hood and get on the ground and look under there. I'm like, the ball joints are fine. This is fine. Like, I don't understand. I was going to say, on. what are you, because I feel like when I look under the hood of my janky car, I'm like, literally what I am looking for is like something on fire <laughs> or a belt that is like disattached right? and just like yeah. flapping. Because other than that, like there's nothing I know what's going on. I know. There. I'm like, so that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Instead of just being like, yep, the battery's there. <laughs> <laughs> I see a motor and that looks like a battery. <laughs> I know it's weird too. Like, okay, this yeah. is a good life lesson for everyone listening. If your check engine light starts blinking, pull over immediately. <laughs> Drive it no further. <laughs> no further. <laughs> Don't go any further. Which I, was why I was, I was confused. I'm like, this seems pretty serious. But my check engine light isn't blinking yet. <laughs> so, like, we'll just take it easy through the canyon. So we make it like oh six more miles-ish. And we're coming up on, like, this rest area, um, just kind of off on the west side of the road. And I'm coming around one more turn, like, and all of a sudden it shakes like crazy, and then I hear clunk, and I hear metal, like, scraping oh. the bottom of, you know, oh. scraping the ground. I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, we're going to start a forest fire. <laughs> like, I have no control of the steering. The steering's out. And I'm like, okay, I didn't look for that, whatever that is. It's not a ball joint or anything like that, which would explain. And so, fortunately, we weren't headed for incoming traffic, oncoming traffic. We were on a, a turn that favored us. So we were able just to cruise forward to the side of the road. Uh -huh. And I look under and, like, I don't know if you would call this the drivetrain or not. I just know where the parts are supposed to go. So, <laughs> so like, it's on the ground wow. and, uh, like, fluid everywhere. And, yeah, clearly why I couldn't steer it. <laughs> like, like, it had come off. Like, it dropped out of the <laughs> Yes. And there was no way for us to call for help. Like, our, we didn't get reception. At the time, I did have this really sweet Nokia. You know, those... Yeah, when that was, like... Then that was all the rage. Yep. And those phones that would just last forever. 
but there was no signal or anything. And so we see this rest area and luckily for us, there was a payphone, and we had all of our camping gear. So we're like, if we really have to, we can just set up a tent yeah. at the rest stop and try not to get murdered. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, okay, we still have some food and some water. It's okay. And there's a bathroom, so that's nice. But nice. we ended up, we're like, well, what else are we supposed to do? So we called 911 because <laughs> we didn't know any, like, other way to get a hold of someone who could help us. And they mm-hmm. sent someone from back the other way, like Grand Junction way, to come all the way out and get us. And we were only, like, 40 or 50 miles from um, Spanish Fork area at that time. So I was really surprised they sent an officer from back the other way. Yeah. We were like, you know, if if... There's any way you could please send an officer with a truck. We have all this camping gear that literally is like all the stuff we have because we're these poor college students. And so they send like the smallest cruiser in the whole world. <laughs> we're like, you know, thank you so much for letting us put, put our stuff in your car. And you have no idea what we're talking about. We're like, just like played along like, yeah, that was really nice of them to send you. And he's like, I always get stuck with these things. <laughs> I'm the old man on the forest. Bah, bah, bah. But it ended up being really funny on the way back. We had a good time with things, and he told us some other funny adventures that he had been sent out <laughs> to get. But, yeah, I guess the moral of these vehicle stories is that you can always improvise, and it's going to be okay, and... You just got to have faith and maybe a little know-how <laughs> vehicles, <laughs> but that as you go through these experiences, you will learn how to be more prepared when you survive. <laughs> yes. I totally agree. What would you say would be like, like five things or something that you would, as a, now that you've gone through like all these driving exploits that you'd want to have in your car at all times, even in the newer cars now, like, or tell your kids, like... When you're driving, make sure you have these things in your car because when, yeah, especially if you're driving a clunker. Yes. So it's always at the most inconvenient time that these things happen in the most unexpected ways. So I would say a tarp um, because you never know when you're going to need protection from water and elements. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Or like you have to be out um, outside looking for help because you have no other way to get help, but you need to stay dry. It's good. And a blanket is a great thing to keep in your car. And they make really great super thin blankets now. Um, Just like the the coats that you see people on the ski resort that you're like, how are you warm? You know, they're Mm -hmm. made of this awesome material and it doesn't have to be super expensive stuff. Um, But definitely a blanket and a tarp. I would say a flashlight. And they actually make really great flashlights now that are quite cheap and they work off solar power or you can plug them into your car or um you know different things that you 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 have ones that you can wind mm-hmm. and they'll light up for you oh, so yes, you yes. can just use your arm power to mm-hmm. keep it lit which is nice because who thinks of charging their their you know keeping a battery in their flashlight in their car at all times right, like, right. not a lot of people do so those are three things let's see two more things i would say for sure, a spare pair of shoes, because you never know what, like, if you're wearing your high heels, you just came from an event, you're oh not going to be up for yeah. the task of changing a tire. I have like, totally had that happen. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's the worst. Like, I need that. Um, and definitely, like, a pen. A pen is a good thing, because you can write notes, you know, oh, like, yeah. hey, um, I just broke down, it's fine, I'll be right back to get my car, or whatever, or you can ask for help, or whatever. My, um, my frozen corpse is 100 feet to the right. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Or you can be like, you know, 
Um, something else that's really good too is when you're in a panic situation and you're having all these emotions and stuff, it's hard to remember exactly what happened. So the mechanic asks you, so what happened? You're like, I don't know, something just happened and it broke down. <laughs> but you can write down like, okay, it started leaking fluids. It started, you know, right. my light started flashing and it wouldn't respond when I did this kind of a thing. So mm-hmm. a pen is a good thing to have too because sometimes it's good to have those explanations so you don't have to pay so much for diag when you get to the mechanic. <laughs> <laughs> No, oh, that's cool. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yes, Ivy, yes. you are just a kick and a half. I just uh-huh. love love uh-huh. hearing your stories, and you're just a good storyteller. And, yeah. Thanks. I wish you guys could see this woman. She's just amazing. We just love her so much. <laughs> yes. um, well, that's it for today's adventure. And join us next time. And remember, a woman's place is in the mountains.